Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSB Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast. My brother Danny Brown and I are so glad to welcome our next guest. We're here, we want to welcome Wendy Kim. Wendy is an author, a speaker, and an executive coach. Wendy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here. Well, we're thrilled to have you here, Wendy. Why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself to our listeners? Tell us a little bit about who you are and what your why is. Okay, awesome. Well, I am a transformation coach, uh, as you said, and I am really focused on working with women of color in particular. So my background is that I grew up in my early years until I was 11, I lived in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, <laughs> and kind of stood out a bit. <laughs> was always like the only Asian kid in my class and sometimes in my entire school. And I, from a young age, knew I was different and didn't exactly embrace that and and just wanted to be like everybody else so I spoke it I focused a lot on assimilating into my surroundings which was primarily at the time white and then when I was 11 I ended up moving to Hawaii where my mom was and uh, talk about a culture shock it went from a very white area to a very Asian area. And I thought, okay, great. I'm finally going to be accepted. And, but actually it turned out that they, they thought I was weird. Um, and they thought that I was too white in the way that I acted. So I, I, I then kind of became a chameleon, if you will, like a cultural chameleon and, and focus on okay now how do I how do I get acceptance and into this culture, and so for me it meant okay I I need to be the good Asian daughter I need to do well academically I need to be quiet and just put my head down, and so I went to a good college and. I met you all around that time, which is, feels like ages ago. But and then I, I didn't go the doctor lawyer route to the disappointment of my family. However, I ended up getting into to tech, into IT consulting, and eventually worked for PlayStation. So I was just checking off all the boxes, doing all the things I was supposed to do. But and then I had had got married and had kids and started to question like wait why am I doing this and is this what I really want for my life 
for the first time in my 30s. And so that's when I had, I guess, kind of an early midlife crisis where I thought, okay, I, I don't actually want to just work, work, work and do something that I'm not passionate about and retire and have fun when I'm 70. <laughs> I want to actually live my life now. And so that's how I ended up uh, getting into coaching, which was definitely not something that my family was very familiar with. And so that was part of the journey, too, is just um, my family was not super opposed to it, but my mom didn't quite get it. But she, I just kind of bought her off and, and said, okay, like, I'll just do it for a year. And if it doesn't work out, I'll go back to back to the corporate world. But that was over six years ago. So uh, now she gets it more but still doesn't quite understand it but she is supportive that's fantastic i can't wait till we really dig into the similar upbringings that we had being biracial and how that affected us mm -hmm. the whole sense of identity so i appreciate yeah you. yeah so this is uh this is danny and um throughout the show we'll we will say this is danny or david because sometimes we sound alike um, so as Dave stated earlier, we did grow up biracial as well. We did have the, uh, Asian presence of wanting to please our parents of going the engineering route or the doctor route as well. So because, because you went through that and you did a very, very good job of convincing your mother to try to give you at least one year, um, what ultimately gave you the courage and, and allow you to be brave to say, you know what, I'm going to leave this corporate life. I'm going to leave the life that has been mapped out by my family, which in all honesty, when I look back, when our parents do that, it's actually from a good heart perspective. Uh -huh. They just really want us to do well in life, well yeah. in society, have a great paying job and be well-respected. So nothing that they've done uh, is looked at in a negative perspective now that I'm older, but when I was younger, I really hated it. So yeah. what gave you the strength and the courage to say, you know, I'm going to leave this corporate job, nice cushy job. Uh, a well-respected title, well-respected position uh, to go ahead and, and realize my dream of being a coach. So how did you get to that point? And how, how did you get the bravery to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm not going to worry about the Asian sense of what they're going to think. I'm just going to go do that. Yeah. I, I mean, definitely several things that I love this question. I think I mean, what comes to mind is the wanting to make a difference with people. And like, I mean, I was making good money at my, at my previous, you know, my corporate job. And it, it was pretty easy, but just going in every day, knowing that I wasn't really making a difference in the way that I wanted to definitely over time, was affecting me and it was it was affecting how I felt about myself it was affecting how about it was affecting my family because mm -hmm. I wasn't showing up fully and so I didn't feel great about my life and myself and so I couldn't give that to really my kids and and my kids were a big motivator like mm -hmm. I Probably if I didn't have kids, I might have just gone along with it. But I thought, okay, what would I want my kids to do in this situation? Right. Would I would I want them to 
follow their heart or would I want them to just give in to fear of failure and ultimately another aspect of it is my son with special needs and so I also wanted to have more time with my kids and and being an entrepreneur and having my own business allowed me that like I, I just felt like at the end of the day I was working so many hours for this corporation and not getting to see my my kids and that just wasn't worth it to me. We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljackowitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jackowitz. That's Paul, J-A-C-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z.com. Today, we'd like to thank our sponsor, AppGallop, where cloud meets commerce. AppGallop is a cloud commerce automation and marketplace platform, enabling service providers to drive revenue growth, achieve agility, and kickstart digital transformation. In fact, if you're in the telco space or you're an internet service provider, AppGallop will accelerate your time to the fast-growing cloud market, delivering all the top-selling cloud services to your customers with unified identity, access, subscription billing, and payment management. If you want to sell your cloud platform, you need AppGallop. If you have telco products, circuits, switches, hosting services, whether it's private cloud or public cloud, and you want to include AWS, Microsoft Azure, and Google, you want to make sure you use AppGallop, the one-stop platform for digital transformation. Thank you very much, AppGallop. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Okay, that, that, I think that definitely... Um, amazing to be able to say that, you know what, I wanted to spend more time with my son. A lot of times we uh, have kids or we have family members. We always say we want to spend more time, but we're, we're always afraid to make that move to just, uh, just, just go after the dream. And uh-huh. your, your why gave you that little extra oomph to actually go make it happen. And so now that you, this is Danny, by the way, now that you made that decision, how did you know that uh, working with women executives was your calling? How did you know that this is where you feel like you can add the most value uh, for and, their life? And just to clarify, I I work with not necessarily executives. So mm-hmm. I I do work with a lot of entrepreneurs and corporate women too. So just to clarify that, but women leaders, uh, here you go. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so initially I didn't know that. Like mm-hmm. as I was coaching I coach a lot of different people. Like I, I coach men, I coach women, I coach non um, people of color. And over time, I started to notice 
themes with women of color. First of all, I noticed I there weren't a lot of women of color coaches out there. Mm-hmm. All, all of the, and, and there weren't a lot of people of color coaches out there, first of all. And then the women who were coaching tended to be white. And so it was interesting because I started to have uh, Asian American women and other women of color reaching out to me because they were like, hey, there, here's someone who can relate to me, who can relate to my struggles, who, who can relate to having to assimilate and, and now having to, and also a lot of family issues and family dynamics that we deal with that um, if you're not from a certain culture, you might not deal with. So over time, I started to see, well, like, the, the, this is something I'm really passionate about. There, there are certain struggles that we deal with as women of color that people who are not from that background would not understand. Yeah, yeah that's a great point, Wendy. Uh, this is David, by the way. When you think about the women that you work with, I'm sure without a doubt that they love working with you. There's a sense of connectivity. We we understand that part, but how much of your coaching really is resetting the mind or helping them to, to feel the sense of who they are, their identity, empowering them? How do you look at that when it comes to coaching these incredible people to really reset their mindset and maybe re-change or shift their their limiting beliefs? Yeah, I, we we focus on that a lot because kind of like what you were saying earlier, Danny. It, growing up, especially like in the Asian culture, you our parents meant well, yeah. right? And there a lot of times instead of saying, you know what, you did a great job. I'm really proud of you. It was more like you need to work harder. Like that's just not good enough. Uh, okay, so what you got straight A's, you should be doing this too. And really that was meant to get us to not be lazy, to get us to to do better and to be in a better situation. However, that also did affect us negatively in some ways. So there's working with um, women of color and Asian American women in particular, there's been like a lot of shame. There's there's a lot of um, lack of self-confidence, lack of self-love. And so we we do a lot of work on that because before you can can make a difference, you actually have to have that self love and confidence in yourself mm-hmm. to believe that that you could actually make a difference with someone. So yeah, you're we focus a lot on the mindset. Also, another thing that comes up is just fear of failure and taking risks because. As children, that is not something we were necessarily encouraged to do. It was more, okay, work hard and follow the path to success that's been laid out. So doctor, lawyer, engineer, because we know, okay, these are the steps that you need to take to get there. But if you want to do something more creative or non-traditional, no, because you, you might not achieve success. And, and that would be bad. So, 
yeah, it's 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 undoing a lot of those limiting beliefs. This is uh, Danny. I, I want to follow up on um, what you said earlier about the mindset. You 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 had hit it very very clear, and I experienced this. My brother experienced this. It's just um, the mindset of having to be perfect, the to, uh-huh. the to be fearful of failure, and so we think about the climate that we're in today with the pandemic and everything else going on. Does it add more to the individual women that you're, you're coaching? Does it make it even more stressful, more difficult? Uh, because right now we're going, everybody mm-hmm. in, the, in the world is going through a mental battle. Uh, yeah. and, and I think people aren't looking at mental health, which is something that needs to be addressed. But as a coach, how much more uh, is this amplified because of what's going on? Definitely, it it has been amplified because people feel a lot of anxiety. Actually, uh, one thing I was interviewing, I guess, for my podcast, and she deals with uh, mental health in the the Asian American Pacific Islander community. And she said that um, Asian American Pacific Islanders are have the highest rates of depression and suicide of any group. So when you add something like a pandemic, that that only amplifies the situation. So yeah, a lot of my clients are are dealing with additional stress and anxiety. They've been uh, impacted by things like layoffs, by by losing their job, and so it's it's very real and and in my work although i'm not <laughs> excuse me although i'm not a therapist we do work a lot on um dealing with fear and and anxiety and addressing and coming from a place of abundance because right now scarcity and and culturally when you come from an immigrant background oftentimes you came, you were poor when you came to this country and so and you, your family came to this country because they wanted to seek opportunity. So there is a lot of fear around money and can, can I do something different and still make money? And so that comes up a lot, yes. I'm glad you said that, Wendy. This is uh, Dave again. I wanted to kind of circle back a little bit and I'm, and I'm glad you're helping these professionals understand that this is not abnormal, that what they're feeling, what they're going through, they can work through that. And there's a sense of victory that comes through that. And it's amazing to be able to have someone help hold you accountable to help you to see the better version of yourself, to take that, you know, wired messed up stuff that's in the head and bring it out and realize that the head talk isn't as powerful as the heart talking, as the heart speaking as to what they want in life. Right. Um, but you also, Wendy, wrote a book. You wrote a book um, entitled Beyond Blending In, An Immigrant Daughter's Guide to Overcoming Cultural Bonds for a Life of Authenticity and Abundance. Tell yes. us about what inspired you to write the book. And are you speaking strictly from a biracial, second generational child growing up and trying to find that sense of authenticity for herself? But tell us about your inspiration behind the book? Yeah. So when I wrote the book, I was working with a coach and she asked me a really powerful question. She, she said, what is the book that only you could write? Cause I, mm. I was originally just thinking of 
writing like a generic book on authenticity and and but I I realized I didn't really know of any books out there talking about someone who was biracial Asian American a woman of color talking about her culture and and so that was actually really difficult for me to write because I again when you come from a background of assimilation you you don't want to stand out like there's a a Japanese proverb I'm sure you're probably aware of that the the nail that sticks out will get hammered down and so when that's part of your culture to do something different to to call out your your differences is not comfortable typically <laughs> but but it, I am so thankful to God that that I wrote this book because now I've had so many women who who are either like Asian American or come from an immigrant background where they are like thank you thank you. I when I when I read your book I I was reading my own story hmm. wow that that is amazing this is Danny up so tell me a little bit more about uh, the courage your coach had uh, asked you to write something that only you could write. Um, what, what were you, when you were writing this book, were you worried about what your parents would think or what oh, people who knew, knew you growing up? Hey, why are you exposing everything? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, really, what, what was that like? Were you a little nervous at, at that time? I mean, I'm sure you were happy to get it out, but were you a little nervous about what your family would think? Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I really tried to write the book in a way that would honor and respect my family because obviously that's a big thing in the culture. Yeah. So yes, I was really like, I, I really thought a lot about that when, when I wrote the book and I, I, I think I did a pretty good job with that. So I haven't, I haven't heard anything from my family and I'm pretty sure I would have heard something by now if That's they didn't awesome. feel that way. I mean, my, I, I do a lot of lives and things like that. And my, my mom has expressed that she's a little uncomfortable. It was interesting because when I, when I launched my book and she was at the launch party last year and, you know, she she was in front of on stage in front of it, and that's just so not my at all. But she 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 is, and she was really proud of me. That's awesome. This is Danny again. I want to um, state to our audience that when it comes to having a, a great audience to really appreciate you, you have to have that vulnerability at times, and also totally. that relatability. So. You stated earlier, a lot of the women were really endeared to you. They really appreciate it because they're like, look, you're telling my story. You're helping me get my heart and my thoughts. Someone actually wrote it. I, I feel really good about that. And so uh -huh. when you when you are taking your uh, something in your past that you try to hide a little bit of, and then now you're making it a strength, I'm sure yeah. so many more people are like, I want to have that strength too, because you set a great example. 
And now that you've uh, done this and you've been out there with everybody, is it that much more easier to get more women and more uh, people to say, you know what, I can do this too? Yeah, I think the, in in the work that I do, and this is this is so cultural. When I when I started coaching, I felt like I had to be perfect mm -hmm. because I felt like people wouldn't want to work with me unless I was perfect. And then, lo and behold, I'm not perfect, and I make a lot of mistakes, and I have a lot of breakdowns. But the thing that I've learned that's such a such a blessing is I if I share my my breakdowns with people and and my breakthroughs and my struggles they they actually feel more empowered because they know that oh wow like other people have these struggles too and if if they can deal with it and overcome then I can too and so it's it's about me getting to share my struggles so that other people can feel less alone and can feel like they can overcome as well. Yeah, I think that's wonderful, Wendy. And I, and I can't tell you how inspiring that is to hear when you're working with your client base and you look at these incredible women and you help them to really want to see themselves in an incredible way so much of how we grew up being biracial coming from different cultures and trying to figure out where do we fit in are we asian are uh -huh. we american are we asian american am i black am i white am mm -hmm. i you know, there was so much of that there and you talk about pittsburgh it's one of the most diverse <laughs> but yet segregated cities in the country right so we know yeah. that here how do you help them not to feel this either imposter syndrome or feel like they have to blend in versus to say here, here's how you can find your voice, even within the the crowd of, let's say, corporate uh -huh. America or the communities that they're part of. Yeah, there's actually a really amazing study done by some professors out of Columbia University where they they talk about people who they've they've done studies on creativity and innovation. So yes. people who know people from other cultures or even just think about people from other cultures, they have been shown to be more creative and innovative. So I, I talked to my clients about how you, you may be the only person who looks like you. you. You may be the only woman, you may be the only person of color in the room and and a lot of times we assume that that's bad, that that we're different we're this outlier but we actually have a unique perspective that no one else in the room will have because they don't come from our background and that that can make such a huge difference uh, i think about the example i like to use is japanese whiskey so whiskey traditionally, of course, is from Scotland, maybe Ireland too. But And you think about that tradition of whiskey, like hundreds, if not thousands of years. However, the Japanese took whiskey and they added their own cultural spin to it. Now the Japanese, when all the world 
wide awards on whiskey. Wow. And so <clears throat> when you take um, I actually similarly on chef's table, I was watching this episode about this Jewish New Yorker guy who went to Japan and became this ramen chef. And he ended up winning all these awards. When because and you think about that, like again, traditions of Japan, like they they perfect this recipe, but you have an outsider coming in and giving their their creativity, their spin on it. And that's when innovation happens. So sharing sharing the data, but also sharing these stories about how when you have someone who's different bringing their perspective to the table, it actually makes a, a huge difference, especially in a corporate environment. And that that is something that's an asset, not something that's negative. Right. This is I love that, Wendy. If you don't mind me sharing this, it's it's encouraging to be able to hear stories that break stereotypes. You know, mm -hmm. how can this guy who's not Japanese win in these ramen battles? How can somebody <laughs> who wouldn't understand the quote unquote art and tradition of whiskey win awards with creating incredible whiskeys and wines and, and what have you. I don't drink bourbon or whiskey, but but I just think that's pretty interesting to be able to see that. You could break these stereotypes and help yes. these incredible women you work with to say, look, you could break whatever stereotypes that are out there or even the ones in your own mind and be mm -hmm. the professional you are. I love that. That's fantastic. And I think that that is our country. Like we, that that is why America is such an amazing country because we are really the only melting pot in the world that's truly a melting pot and a country based on on immigrants yep. this is danny i i want to um kind of talk go back to the corporate world a little bit if uh -huh. that's okay with you wendy so yeah I, I know that you you do a lot with dni and uh over the over the last uh uh, a couple of seasons, we we know that there's a big awareness pushed uh, uh -huh. within corporations uh, to be more aware uh, about the diversity and inclusion. And I want to know, how are you working today with these corporate leaders to help them to become more aware? Uh, everyone knows that DNI is needed. They, everyone knows that it's very important. Uh, people know that this is something they need to address, but sometimes they don't know how to ask for help or they don't know how to ask for um, someone to come in and, and, ex and not expose them, but really educate them. So how are you working with these corporate leaders on the DNI initiative and, and, and what message are you uh, helping them to make sure that they give back to their own employees? Yeah, it's a, I think it's a, a two prong approach. I, I was giving a talk in <clears throat> workshop with um, some uh, leaders who, who work with Microsoft, they're Microsoft partners. And it was interesting because a lot of the work I do is obviously focused on women of color, people of color, but this, this group happened to be primarily white men and tech coming from a tech background. It's primarily white men. There's, there are a lot of Asian men too, but yeah. So it was, uh, and uncomfortable. It's always a little uncomfortable in the beginning, right? Because these these men be often feel, and white people in general nowadays feel 
uncomfortable uh, talking about race a lot of times because they're afraid of saying the wrong thing. They're afraid of being labeled racist, that kind of thing. And so they end a lot of times end up not saying what they're thinking, which is not helpful, <laughs> right? Because how can you, how can you learn? How can you grow unless you're, you're really saying what you think and saying what's there for you. So my, what I do is, and is create a safe space for everyone, for diverse groups, but also for, for leaders and, and white men to say what they're thinking and to be able to ad address the, those concerns to like, even, even just the concern that, okay, if, with the DEI, there are going to be less positions or less opportunities available for white men. <clears throat> and that's just not true. Uh, in fact, when, when you have more creativity and innovation, and there have been so many studies that have shown with DEI, uh, you, that improves the bottom line, that there's more money, there's more opportunity, there's more jobs. And, and so being able to have candid discussions about that, about addressing their fears and seeing how when, when the, the bottom rungs, when diverse groups, marginalized groups are elevated, that everybody is elevated, that, that's the, the work that I'm doing. And, and it's, it's been amazing to see just the, the light bulb the light bulb go off for for diverse groups to see how much they can offer and how much they have to to share that can make a difference for people but also for non-diverse groups to see how they can they can benefit and they can make a difference as well and they're not going to lose out in the process yep. wendy this is david and i, I want to thank you for sharing about that and it's true to be able to address fears, not just a fear of quote unquote, someone taking my job, but the fear of what I say the wrong thing or yeah. I be judged for what I say. And we could claim ignorance, but we're really in a time where we're becoming more aware of these social inequalities that we have to have talks about them. Yes. Since we've begun to really start training and teaching on this, can you give any examples of organizations you've seen major shifts? Because from my training, I know that unless the top really changes and adopts this, the culture of the company never changes. And you might put a person of color in a spot or let's say give the diversity and equity inclusion um, position to a person of color. But the reality is the company hasn't changed. We'll be right back after this short break. We wanna thank our sponsor for today's episode. Live Love Thanks. Live Love Thanks helps purpose-driven women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs to permanently eliminate clutter and end stress and overwhelm so they can move forward in their careers, relationships, and health. Visit LiveLoveThanks.com for impactful coaching and program professional women's. Thank you for checking out the Twins Talk It Up podcast. If you're enjoying this program and are learning something along with us, please consider becoming a supporting member through our Patreon at patreon.com slash DSB Leadership Speaking. 
Also, consider leaving a great rating on iTunes and comment on our other platforms. If you would like more information or would like to become a guest on a future episode, please send a message via our website, www.dsbleadershipgroup.com. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Yes. Yeah, there um there I do see organizations who literally are just trying to check a box, right? They they just they see that DEI is a big thing and they don't want to be labeled as racist or a racist company. So and and you really what it comes down to is are they willing to invest? Are they willing to invest in DEI? Because there, there are times when I'll, I'll be asked to speak for free or um, they, they'll talk about how there's no budget. And so when, when a company is saying that to me, I, it's very clear to me, okay, they, they are not serious. Mm-hmm. They, they don't really get it yet. And this is not a company that I necessarily want to be investing my time and energy into. Yeah. Right. However, I do see companies who I get, are getting to work with who who are literally investing money. Lots. I mean, you look at company. You know, I'm doing work with Microsoft, so Microsoft is a, is probably one of the leaders. They've they've invested, I think, over. Uh, they're investing over a hundred million dollars in DEI. So there are companies who who are taking it seriously where they're and it and it really does come down in my opinion to the money are they are they willing to show me the money um, yeah come up with programs hire speakers who hire educators who who can who are experts in this area who can really train and transform their their leadership and their staff uh does that answer your question? I'm not yeah, sure certainly. if I, I mean, it's, okay. it's true. I think your one line you stated was they've got to invest. And yep. it's true. Just because you open up a spot doesn't necessarily mean there's change. And you got to yes. continue to see the money coming in. You got to continue to see the changing from the, the verbiage and the communication from the top. And mm-hmm. that to me is where you see lasting change. And it's mm-hmm. true. I think we can't see more organizations just check off a box because i'll tell you it's been a rise wendy and seeing chief diversity and inclusion officers and their minorities but you haven't really seen the shift where no the coo should be a minority or the cfo should be a minority and and that's where you're exactly and now we're having groups i've talked to a lot of diversity equity inclusion directors and now they're having uh smaller groups where they can have what they call open talks and then they're having mentoring, then they're having follow-up. So to me, when you see that, that's change in a direction uh, versus saying, oh yeah, now we have a DEI uh, director or now we have someone who's worked with the HR guy. Uh, that's, where I'm, that's what I mean when I see true changing. 
Yeah, and unfortunately, I think it's still early on. I I'm not seeing still enough of a shift in terms of senior leadership with with people of color and women, especially in in my industry tech. Like that that is there's such a, a glass ceiling when it comes to that. And that that's why I am so passionate about this work because uh, for so long there there have been these stories of like, well, we just can't get the talent and um, they're just not out there. And, and, and that's not true. Mm-hmm. And so unfortunately, it, or fortunately, um, it is going to take some, some time to really shift upper leadership. But I, I believe it's the process of starting with certain organizations, which so I'm hopeful. Now, this is, uh, this is Danny. Thank you, Wendy, for sharing about um, just a good example of Microsoft participating in this. I will tell you that Microsoft has helped us as well. I started a nonprofit this year, uh, along with three other people, and the nonprofit was uh, basically helping Black-owned enterprises. And when you look at Microsoft awesome. ecosystem, they have 64,000 partners in the U.S., and only 200 are, are Black-owned businesses. So less than wow. 0.3% are Black-owned. And um, okay. Microsoft said, look, let's help you out. And th- along with Microsoft, we decided to launch a nonprofit to help these organizations. And so they're helping us with the, um, the ability to push them through programs to create a solution and put into the marketplace. Uh, so kudos to a great example, as you stated earlier, uh, of Microsoft doing that. Uh, so I-, I agree with you. If they, don't, if they don't spend the money, yeah. uh, then they're not really serious about change. You're absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. Uh, I want to ask you a, a, a question because, um, as, and I do appreciate you coming on to uh, Twins Talk It Up podcast. Uh, we really are grateful for having you come on board to talk about your experience, your leadership, uh, and, and your wisdom from life experiences to really help out our audience members. But you also have a podcast as well. And your podcast, yeah. I love the title. It just hits home with your book. It hits home with what you're doing in your coaching life, uh, Beyond Blending In. Uh, just an amazing title. I would have to tell you that the, at first notice, I'm like, wow, that's pretty bold to, to, go, to go out with that once people really understand what you're doing. So when you first launched your podcast, uh, I would have to say, what, do you, what were you thinking when it came? Was it the same thought process you had when it came to the book? Was it the same uh, thought process you had with what the audience members would be thinking about when they come onto your, your podcast and follow you? Uh, what were you thinking at that time when you said, you know, I'm going to launch a podcast because I really believe that there's a lot of people just like me who could benefit from this. But what, what was that? Was it the same thought process? Was it a little bit different? I, I'd like to understand that. Yeah, I would say it was similar. Once again, uh, when you look at the the podcasting landscape, which is huge now, right? Uh, you don't see it's changing, obviously, but you don't see a, a lot of representation from diverse groups there there are places like gimlet that are producing more diverse content which is awesome but yeah i think i was looking at the podcasts that i was listening and and most of them were not the hosts were not diverse i mean there were a few and it took a lot of effort to find and so that that's where I 
thought, okay, there's this issue. How can I, how can I step in to help solve this? Right. And so that's where, and the, really the mission in general, but for the podcast is amplifying the voices of, of women of color. Although on occasion I do have men and, I know we're we're planning I'm planning on having you all on the podcast, which I'm excited about. Those rare, amazing men who get to, who get to be on the podcast. But yeah, it it's really about like I one of the hurdles that I dealt with when I when I even started all of this was I did not see anyone who looked like me who was doing what I wanted to do. The, the closest that I saw at the time was Oprah. And so I wanted to, and, and my, my daughter, like I remember when she was younger, she's 10 now, but she was watching some shows on Netflix. This is probably like maybe about five years ago. So not that long ago, but she, she asked me, Hey mom, why why are all the the characters on the shows white? And that broke my heart. It really broke my heart and it's so exciting for her to now to be able to see movies and shows and obviously we have a long way to go with with more representation. And so in the same way with podcasting and with uh, being leaders and, and stepping out, I didn't see anything in the landscape that, that was like that. So that's where I felt, I felt called to step in. Well, I appreciate you sharing that, Wendy. This is David, and we're honored to be able to come on your podcast and your program. I'll, I'll tell you, it's, it's inspiring to be able to know that you're not alone. And I think that's really the overall theme that I've gotten from our time together today. And I would assume that's the theme that, or the message that the people that you work with professionally get from working with you is, you know what, we're not alone. We, we have right. an opportunity to do great things. Um, I wanted to ask you to kind of maybe share one of your success stories. And then we'll, you know, as we bring this kind of to a close here, maybe a success story about how you work or maybe what one of the professionals you work with uh, I believe I heard you mention before, and, and forgive me for throwing this out there, but I heard you mention before about somebody you worked with, and they also ended up becoming a coach. So I thought that was kind of cool. But I uh, thought I asked yeah. you to maybe share a little bit about one of the one of the professionals you maybe you worked with, and how she overcame some of her struggles to being where she is now. Yeah. Well. Hey, there's there's a couple people who who come to mind. Who do I want want to share about? Uh, I can share about one of my clients, uh, former clients, and uh, Nicole. And when she is Filipino American, and when when we first started, she comes also from a corporate background and. And when we first started, uh, she was struggling a lot with imposter syndrome, with believing that she could actually make money doing coaching, with uh, perfectionism and, and fear of failure. And 
now she has an amazing community. Uh, she she really does focus on women who come from an immigrant background. She's uh, speaking at Google and and Salesforce. She's been featured on on Fast Company, and she is just killing it. And it is. And I remember she she one thing she told me when when we were getting to know each other and figuring out if we were going to work together. She had interviewed several coaches, and one of the coaches she interviewed happened to be a white woman and and she she asked her okay Nicole what's your niche and Nicole said I, I want to work with with women who come from an immigrant background and the woman said oh well do they have money can they can they afford to hire a coach and that that's when Nicole was like okay I'm not working with you and and yeah and now she she's getting I mean she shared a story with me about uh, just different or a client who who also became a coach so it's just like this love is is just getting passed on (laughs) because there are so many so many women and so many people of color who who could really benefit from coaching and and who who could benefit from having someone believe in them and, and empowering them, their mindset. And so, yeah, she, she's an example of someone who I'm, I'm just so I'm inspired by her. I'm always inspired by my clients, but you. That is awesome. Wendy, this is David. I, I think that just shows who you are and the type of leader you are. And I know without a doubt, that's why you're so successful. Right now, if you are listening to the twins talking to podcast, I want to tell you right now, make sure you subscribe to this program. Don't just listen, subscribe to it, follow it. And you're going to get more incredible leaders like Wendy joining this program. And you can learn from what they're doing, how they're professionally changing other leaders and organizations. So I want to thank you for listening. Subscribe, go ahead and go become a patron. Go to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash DSB leadership speaking. So Wendy, thank you for joining us today. We're really thrilled and honored to have you here. Dan and I really feel so connected to you, not just because of our backgrounds with our faith and our families, but also because of the way we grew up. So Wendy, we're honored that you came and joined us today on our show. Thank you so much. It's been amazing. We're honored. We'll definitely look forward to more conversations and to seeing how you continue to progress in your world. And please check in on us from time to time. And we look forward to being on your program, Wendy. Thank you. All right. Take care, everybody. We'll see you on the next episode of The Twins. Thank you for listening to The Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSB Leadership and visit us online at DSBLeadershipGroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of The Twins Talk It Up podcast.